everyone, and welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. Today, this one's for the girls. So if you're a guy, I mean, you can listen if you want to, but this one's for the girls. <laughs> welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. Now the opener says Brian is one of the hosts, but that is not the case today. We have actually kicked Brian off for the day, and now it's just the women of impact. So why don't we go around the table and everyone introduce yourselves. To start off, uh, my name is Jada, and I'm an instructor with Impact Defense. Um, I spend actually a good portion of my life training for self-defense um, and teaching self-defense to others, not just women, but um, men and kids also. So. Um, this is a big portion of my life, and I have a lot of training. <laughs> so, that's just kind of an example. We are going to go around the table, and I'm going to have everyone at this table introduce who they are and kind of their level of training that they have. Um, I have an instructor's level of training, but we have all different ages and all different levels of training here. So, who's next? <laughs> Okay, my name is Julie, also known as Misra's Impact, because I am Brian's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that that invisible person that floats in very infrequently. But I'm always behind the scenes, so. All right, and how much training do you actually have in self-defense? Well, I have a lot because he practices a lot with me to see, hey, will this go across, how will this come across? But I'm probably looking around this table the least experienced in actual, you know, class seminar time. But I have watched many, many years of training. (laughs) All right, brings us to... Hi, I'm Gentry. Um, I have been with the Impact family for about eight years. Um, I'm an instructor for Impact Defense. I'm also um, a black belt in martial arts. Um, I think it's, it's really important for people to know how to defend themselves, and a lot of people just don't quite understand how, how useful that is, and you know, I, I really feel like it's um, something that I enjoy doing and helping others to be prepared for. Hi, I'm Kylie. I'm an assistant here at Impact Martial Arts and Impact Defense as well. I've been doing martial arts for... 11 years and I've been assisting seminars since about almost a year ago and this has been coming uh, this has been really important to me so yeah hi I'm Lily um I've been in impact martial arts for about six and a half years um I'm a black belt and I've been helping assist um with classes for a couple years um help with some self-defense things and yeah so you might have guessed it today's podcast is mainly about women's self-defense and women in self-defense so uh with that being said kylie take us away first off because before we can get started we do have to have an ad on fastcon what is fastcon fastcon is a family abduction self-defense training conference it's going to be on October 15th and 16th, and our early bird special will only lasts until 
basically tomorrow. So make sure to get your early bird special. Go on to impactdefense.online slash fast to get the early bird special. After then, then the prices will go up. Okay, so women of self-defense, we're going to go on to our news portion. So, um, this week's, I guess, self-defense news is about a woman who, in an elevator, uh, she was in a, an elevator alone with a man, and uh, the man worked his way over to her and was standing very uncomfortably close behind her. So she moved to the other side of the elevator. He uh, casually, air quotes, um, casually walked back over to her and uh, slowly started to try and work his w hand over her shoulder. Um, upon noticing this, the woman turns around and slaps him in the face. <laughs> Um, he stumbles backwards. She is not finished, however. Uh, so she moves forward, kicks him in the groin, grabs his head, and knees him in the face. <laughs> and then adjusts her purse and walks confidently out of the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, with that being said, so that's that's kind of an example of um, one of the things that women have to deal with sometimes, you know? Um, there are creeps in this world, and I guess what we're here to talk about is all the different levels of self-defense and how they relate in particular to women. And the reason we got together such a wide array of ages and experience levels is because we want to get the clearest picture possible of what women's self-defense is and several different viewpoints on how it should be done, how it can be done, and what all is possible. I guess one of the questions that we would have to ask would be, what is one of most women's biggest worries when it comes to their own safety? Because really, women's safety is a big subject nowadays. Mm -hmm. Everywhere we turn, it's a, it's a big topic. People are starting to get uh, more interested, more concerned, and part of that is just the prominence of the news, because uh, women's defense is a big topic in the news now. <laughs> women being attacked, attempted abductions, we have the perspective of young women, you know, just entering the teenage years, we have the perspective of moms, um, and then me just as, I guess, the regular old married adult. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I think some people may look at it as they know they need to protect themselves, but yet they don't want to be a paranoid person. And so they may tend to, eh, I'm not really going to worry about it. It'll, it'll just be okay. And so maybe they don't give enough attention to it. So one of the problems is that women believe it's a problem, but they also aren't, don't seem to take it seriously enough that mm -hmm. something can happen to them specifically, or right. being prepared for it, or maybe even don't believe that they, as a woman, can defend themselves mm -hmm. against it. it. Make the obstacle bigger than it is. Right. So, I guess we should ask what's the first step to getting into self-defense as a woman? Getting some training. Getting some training. So basically the same as it would be for a, a man. What an interesting point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been trying to get her specifically to say something. Because 
Well, Here's what I have to say. Despite being Brian's wife and being around defense for a long time and everything, you're one of the ones that hasn't put a big portion of their own life into self-defense training specifically. You've been around it, but not, I guess, inside of it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. It's like you're more <laughs> of an onlooker and someone who watches it than the act of participation in the seminars or in the classes. But I get so, lots of private lessons. Lots. <laughs> lots of intense private lessons. Are you talking about car rides with Brian? <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, you know, you're at what's the place always mentioned in every seminar. What retailer stuff? Yes. <laughs> yes, you're at Walmart. And here's what you did wrong. Uh, <laughs> or I point out. Here's what you did wrong. Oh. <laughs> Even better. So. Mm-hmm. Do you think that knowing about self-defense has made you paranoid? No, it, it, it's helped with my awareness. Mm-hmm. Because awareness, some people don't have a lot of it, and, yeah. and that's very dangerous. Because even if you don't have, quote-unquote, speed and agility, if you have awareness, you are in a lot better position. Yeah. you mm-hmm most likely be less targeted for exactly anything. So let's think about uh, criminals targeting women in particular. First off, we have plenty of just petty criminals that are just looking to steal something or something like that. Um, When we think of what people would view as an easy target, a lot of people think that those petty criminals are more likely to target women. But we've learned in a study that we've talked about several times on Mm -hmm. this podcast, uh, on our videos and everything, that whenever a study was done on criminals in the prison system, they were asked to pick people out that they would target for a crime just by video footage of them walking down a crowded street. Mm -hmm. And they had a wide mix of people that they were targeting. Lots of different ages. Different um, genders. Different race. Yes. Um, And when asked what the common factor in those people were and why they didn't target the small female in the corner, you know, things like that, uh, they just said, well, the ones we targeted were the ones that weren't paying attention. Um, So it just goes to show you like probably the biggest factor in who someone is going to target is how aware they are of their surroundings. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about awareness, we're not just talking about knowing that something is a problem. We're talking about knowing what's going on around you mm-hmm. so you can be aware that there might be a problem for you. So mm-hmm. not just knowing that there's a problem somewhere in the world, but knowing that it could be near you. Mm-hmm. And taking precautions like being aware of your surroundings. So we always say that awareness is the first step of self-defense and that does not change when we are talking specifically about women's self-defense. Or kids. Mm-hmm. Alright, so what are some precautions that you as women who are aware of um, I guess the dangers around, the potential dangers around, what are some of the precautions that you personally take aside from just general awareness what are some of the things that you do to ensure your safety or your family's safety when you are out in public things like that one thing that i do is i always make sure that there's something in my hand that i can use as a weapon 
whether it's a key, whether it's um, a really heavy water bottle, like a metal water bottle, anything that I can use. Improvised weapons. Mm Mm-hmm. Improvised weapons. Yes. Anything that I can use to defend myself, I try to make sure there's always something in my hand that can be used for that, no matter, you know, no matter what it is. I mean... All right, so what are the item, some of the items that, uh, you know, we carry for self-defense? I mean, I personally will carry a pocket knife, um, sometimes a heavy water bottle, you know. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie, whenever I carry an umbrella, like because mm-hmm. it's rain, which it's always raining here in North Carolina. Um, <laughs> whenever I'm carrying an umbrella, I always end up holding it in a position where I could hit someone with it. <laughs> Tactical umbrella. (laughs) I carry a tactical pen. Julie. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Same question. Okay. Remind me of it again. (laughs) What what is something that you carry as a force multiplier for your own personal protection? Well, my purse that I carry crossbody because that's the -hmm. way we've all been trained at this point. it's heavy, heavier than my chiropractor would prefer, I'm sure. Uh, and, and, and even crossbody, I can sling that bad boy, and it it hurts. It's it's heavy. It hurts. I'll give you that. It's heavy. It hurts. Tackle purse, <laughs> right across the face. And it's a great way to create space. You know, mm-hmm. if someone is too close, just swing, mm-hmm. swing, and. It's at the right level with mine that, you know, the opposite gender would know I meant get away. So, you know. And I also carry a gun. Yes. <laughs> Lily. Um, usually I'll have a pocket knife just in my pocket. That's usually about all I have. And any self-defense tool that we carry, it's important to remember that you train with. Um mm-hmm. Sometimes the mere side of it is not going to scare someone away, you know. So first we have to have awareness. I mean, it's and then next it's a good idea to have a force multiplier tool that you train with to have if you need it. Um, so there's a good number of women in this room. I'm sure we have several examples of a time that we have been uncomfortable and felt we might need to use some of our self-defense training or um, just a situation where we actually have had to use our self-defense training. And um, I guess I can go first because most of mine just have to do with awareness and it hasn't uh, it hasn't really gone any further than that for me. I've never had to punch someone out of self-defense and I've never had to draw my pocket knife or anything. Um, but there have been several situations where I've used defense tactics to keep something from, uh, I guess, turning into a situation where I would have a problem. Um, for instance, one time I was exiting a gas station and I had noticed that this, uh, one particular man was standing pretty near the door. Um, so I just stood up straight, walked straight past, walked into the gas station. I was conscious of him when I walked out and... Um, by the time I walked out, he was by a car, um, that was pulled up beside a pump. Well, I start walking to my car and he yells, he he looks at me and pretends to have this, like, recognition, like he recognized me from somewhere. Um, 
and he was about six feet tall, wasn't particularly muscular or anything, he was just, just a guy, you know. But he started yelling at me like he, like he knew me, he was like, hey, hi, and was like waving. And at that point I'm over here like, I know for a fact I don't know this guy from anywhere. And so I open my car door, and I sit down, and I lock the door. <laughs> From there, like, he continues walking towards my vehicle. I casually pull out my key, put in the ignition, and start the car. Um, he comes up directly to the side of my window and is now talking to me through the window. First really important thing. I did not roll down my window, and I did not unlock my doors. I figure if this guy wants to talk to me... He can do it through my window. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, no one had any trouble hearing anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy just proceeds to ramble on and on and on. Um, just about nothing in particular. And it just kind of really seems like he's just trying to come up with a reason for me to roll the window down or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at that point I'm like, you have a nice day. And I start the car and I'm like, I'm pulling out now. So, letting him know to back away from my vehicle so that, yeah, because I don't particularly want to run anybody over, and he is not physically doing anything that is threatening me at the moment, but it is not the safest situation for me to be in as the smaller individual, as the person being singled out. Um, I did not give him any recognition. He tried to play it off like I had given him a ride at some point. I don't give people rides, and I don't know many women my age who do <laughs> for, for self-defense reasons. Um, but I was able to just bag my car up and leave without it getting any further than that. But the important things to notice was I was aware that he was there. I was confident in the fact that I didn't know him. Um, and anyone who actually does know me wouldn't be offended that I got in the car and locked the doors because I didn't recognize them at first. People who know me actually understand that I am a self-defense instructor and I'm going to put my safety over someone I don't think I know, you know, and who is threatening me at the moment. Um, So it's one of those, I guess, ask forgiveness, not permission type things. Uh, you You get in the car and you lock the door. I knew that was the safest place for me to be. Because as long as I'm outside of the vehicle, I'm in a more vulnerable state. Um, With the doors locked, he can't get in without really having to fight for it, and that would just draw attention, because this was in the middle of the day. So in that particular instance, using awareness and just being confident in the fact that I can sit here with the doors locked and the windows rolled all the way up and talk to this guy, and if he actually needs anything or if it turns out that, oh, maybe I did know him, it would be fine. But, yeah, that was just one instance where I've had to use something. I have one. Um, So I was at my grandparents' house one day. So my grandmother was sitting on the couch, and I was in the dining room, which they're pretty close to each other. She jumps up. She goes to the front door. She turns to look at me and says, watch my back. So then I look out the window, and it's a guy that I don't recognize. So I jump up from my chair, and then I go to where she is behind her back and just lean against the wall and there are windows where I could see his face and everything so I was just staring at him like dead stare and every break once in a while his eyes would lock on mine and then back to talking to my grandmother as he's talking to my grandmother 
I am just leaning, and there are two chairs right in my reach. So I was making a plan. I was going from yellow to orange. I was making a plan that if he came through the door, I would grab a chair and shove it at him and tell him to back off, to go. But luckily, that never happened. So Grandma t told him to go to the library because he was asking stuff, weird stuff, like I said. And so he goes and goes the opposite direction of the library. So odds are, that situation would not have been good if my grandmother hadn't answered the door. But even if he did try to go through the door, I already had a plan. So, it, yeah. Okay, so there are a couple important things to note there. Um, there was a screen door on that door, and your mm -hmm. grandmother still decided to open up the screen Just door. Just to where her head could peek out. And I was thinking, like, nope, and she did um, it. So we'll go ahead and say that if you do go ahead and open the door, keep your screen door shut and talk to them through it. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like just keeping your car window rolled up. Yes, and even if the lock, quote unquote, doesn't work, guess what? <laughs> You're the only one that knows that. Yeah. Are you keep? Are you speaking that, about mm, a certain situation? I, I'm, trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm uh, <laughs> trying. It, it's. It's anyway. Uh, so just make sure you know you're the only one that knows that door, quote unquote, doesn't lock right or whatever. The door's broke, whatever. Whoever's come up does not know that, and you don't need to tell them. So just hand on the the handle if you have to to keep that door shut mm -hmm. and talk that way. And back wow. to that, I was staring at him. And with a serious face, I was like, do you really want to do this? <laughs> Kylie's like, try me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Kylie did bring up a good point, was she was formulating a plan. Mm -hmm. So if she uh, she was feeling threatened, she didn't uh, trust the guy standing at the door. So she was going ahead and formulating a plan for if something bad did happen, if he did try to work his way through, because it was just her and her grandma there. Um, and once again, Kylie is not an adult, um, so even she, as a young woman, was formulating a plan and getting ready, trying to come up with a reasonable course of action for her to take if something did go bad. Uh, so it's not really about your age or your size or anything like that. It's just coming up with a plan that would work for some, that puts you at a place of advantage for whatever situation you're in. It felt like a scene from the Judge Mill Simulator. <laughs> it did. Once the guy come up and I was just leaning there, I was like, huh. It's like a shoot or don't shoot situation. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, we have a program um, called the Smokeless Range that has a judgmental simulator where you have to decide whether something is... Uh, it's This one is primarily for concealed carry holders or for police officers in training. Um... It's just something where you have to decide whether it's a situation where you should shoot or shouldn't shoot, and where if it's a situation where you should shoot, um, you have to be able to draw in time and put rounds on target. All right, who else? So we've got a we've got a gas station situation with keeping the windows rolled up. We've got a grandma answer the door situation. <laughs> Let's go to a um, parking lot. A <laughs> <laughs> parking lot. Um, so there was several years ago, I was in a parking lot at 
the normal place where everything bad happens. <laughs> Walmart! <laughs> and I was putting my kids and my groceries in our van, and I do carry a gun. I had my hoodie over it where you couldn't see that I was carrying. Um, and there was a man that had walked um, through the parking lot. He went past the back of my van, and he was watching me as he went past. He went a couple cars past me, and he turned around, and he walked past me again, watching me. He went just past my van, he turned around, and he started walking back. And it was very obvious that he was, he was, had already chosen me as a victim. Um, and as he was coming back the third time, I didn't say anything. All I did was I took my hoodie and I moved it back and I tucked it behind my gun so that my gun was visible and I made eye contact with him. I let him know, I see you. Look, I have a gun. <laughs> This is all, it's all I did. I, I didn't have to say anything. I never touched my gun. I just made it visible and let him know that I could see him. And he very quickly just kept on going and he didn't come back. Um, so, I mean, it's sometimes it's just that eye contact and letting them know, you know what they're doing. Um, it's enough to stop people. Just, you know, you're not an easy target. Who else? Huh? Well, I, I worked in a small town retail store. And not Walmart? Not Walmart, no. We have discussed no. in a previous podcast that retail stores are just categorized into one of two things, Walmart or not Walmart. <laughs> she was in not Walmart. Yes, right, right, right. And, and so I've worked with the public for many, many, many years. And uh, <laughs> and you just you just find yourself sometimes in strange situations. And... And sometimes you don't know, you know, how, how good or bad the situation is. Fortunately for me, most of the time working in that environment, my husband was a butcher <laughs> with, a, with lots of knives just right there, you know. Uh, with that, and also training, because he's always been training for as long as I can remember at this point. So, uh, but there was times when, when stuff would get a little, quote-unquote, sketchy. And, and you, you know, if I was working with a little cart, the cart became the buffer. And just move that cart any way you had to. And that can work in, you know, any store you're in. Use that buggy as a buffer. Swing that puppy around. <laughs> that, those things, when they run over your foot, it's not pleasant. Uh, you know. And if it's loud, if you get one of those squeaky ones, there's times when that's a blessing, you know, because boom, everybody's eyes are there on you. And it so. may be annoying, but still, it's a blessing. Yeah. So. I've got one that I can recall uh, that I was there for more of watching it happen that Julie was involved in. Uh -huh. <laughs> so on this particular day, uh, we hold regular martial arts classes. Now... Uh, we had to be outside for the first class of the day because the power was off at the beginning of the day. We had to wait for the company to come back and fix it. Um, so I'm teaching class in our parking lot. Now we have a gated parking lot that's across from the school. So you have to cross the street to get to it. Um, so Julie pulls up and parks behind the school. And she works her way around. She's going to the front door to unlock some, to unlock it, to go inside. Um, and from the parking lot, I 
can see this man walking up from the side of the school. He's walking, he's carrying um, a large gardening tool, um, like hedge trimmers. Uh, <laughs> and so he's carrying these hedge trimmers. I'm over here like, okay, just so long as he like works his way around Julie and is fine. So I stop to watch. I look at one of the other instructors. I say, um, take over the class for a minute. And so I basically just stop everything I'm doing to watch. Um, as I'm watching, this man does not go past Julie. He turns and gets, uh, well inside of her personal space. Um, <laughs> and at this point I'm like, okay, well this is really bad because he's sitting here gesturing with these giant hedge trimmers while talking to Julie. And I can't fully see Julie at this moment. So I'm... I'm working my way across the street, not taking off running because I don't want to set off anything um, or make anything worse, but I am walking pretty hurriedly towards Julie and then uh, one of the parents of the kids that I was teaching was also there and she trains in the adult class and I noticed that she has noticed too and we are both now speed walking <laughs> to Julie. Um, but we get, we get almost over there and... The guy turns and looks over his shoulder and then starts walking off. And we get up to Julie and we're like, what was that even about? And you're like, I don't know. I couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> and, like, it was just this, it was this big thing. But um, I guess one of the things for that one would be not just being aware for yourself, but Cause I had when you notice right. something that was <laughs> off, when you notice that something is off, being there for other women too, or anybody who's mm. potentially about to be in a bad situation. Yeah. Um, so and in that situation, <laughs> it was a little bit bad because I had just locked the door back. And so this guy, I knew, I knew he was around. You know, it's one of those you, you go, okay, just keep trucking and we'll be all right. Because, I mean, it's a sidewalk. Everybody can walk on the sidewalk or not sidewalk and the case of this side of the road mm -hmm. you know but we had classes going on across the road and I knew this guy was around and he stops and starts talking to me I have no idea what he was talking about and I'm just trying to get him to go on because I have a parking lot full of kids across the street so you know while while they're worried about me I'm thinking there's a parking lot full of kids across the street <laughs> so dude just keep walking please you know and eventually he does. But at that moment, I was wishing I hadn't locked the door. But I was fixing to go across the street myself. So that's why the door was locked. So, but, you know, you have to take everything into consideration. And I had been on the phone, but I got off rather quickly. <laughs> uh, when I saw the guy was still approaching, I got off. It was with my mother, and she called me back moments later. <laughs> it was funny. All of these things happen whenever Brian is not there. Yes. Always. Yes. Yes. Always. This was the first day that you and I were running the school right. alone because Brian wasn't there. Um, and towards the end of the day, whenever it's the youngest child class, whenever we were having, which this is a class we don't have anymore, but the class with two-year-olds in it, um, all the parents are downstairs. I'm the only person running the front. And the door is open because 
I can't remember what wasn't working, but the door was open. It was hot. And it was we hot. Had, we had the door open because <laughs> it was nice and cool outside. And this is the period where we're shifting out of everybody wearing masks everywhere and all of that. Um, well, this big burly biker dude walks in um, in his sleeveless shirt and mask on, bandana covering his hair, so you can't even see what color hair he has on. He's got sunglasses on, so you can't see any of the features of his face. And he walks in the door, and he starts saying something like, uh, oh, can I borrow a phone? Or like all of this, making all of these excuses to come further and further into the room. And I'm just like, dude, I don't let people borrow phones. Sorry, you're going to have to go check somewhere else. This is an establishment with children. Do you have a child here? And he was like, no, 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 I just need blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, sir, if you don't have a child here, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And he makes an excuse to stay for another couple minutes. And at this point, I'm ready to stand up and put myself in between the door where... Uh, the door that leads to the room that enters downstairs, where all the kids are. I'm ready to stand up and put myself in between there because he's bringing himself around the desk. And at that exact moment, I thank the Lord that Gentry walked upstairs too and was saying something, and she notices, and just all of a sudden you just see her face, like, <laughs> go into, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> because Gentry's really good at that. Um, and so now there's two of us upstairs, and he sees that it is, in fact, not just me alone. And after that, he pretty quickly is, just decides, okay, I'm going to leave. Now, we have no idea. That guy might have just been needing to borrow a phone and just not understand personal boundaries. But uh, the fact that he left as soon as another adult walked upstairs, mm -hmm. it really doesn't speak well for him. And he left very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let's think about any of these situations. If any of us had come across as um, weak or alone or mm -hmm. um, timid or just not confident, you know, mm -hmm. if we had come across as any way but this is what's going to happen, you know, if we had come across in any way that said that we were not ready to handle ourselves, mm -hmm. Those, any of those situations could have turned out a whole lot differently. I think about if I hadn't gotten in my vehicle and locked the doors and he got too close to me. Or if... If I hadn't jumped up to my grandpa. Right. If Kylie wasn't ready to do something or stared the guy down with the grandma. Um, <laughs> if it were just Julie completely alone with that guy um, and not very adamant about him leaving, you know. Um, I was trying to be nice. For if I happened to be <laughs> downstairs when the big dude came in that day. It's like anything different than how things happened, you know. Unfortunately, a lot of women don't have the training of this is how you carry yourself. This is what you can do. You actually can defend yourself against people bigger than you, stronger than you. It's all about the mindset and the tactics. The biggest thing is the mindset, the awareness, the carrying yourself with confidence, coming across as a very difficult target. Mm -hmm. Those are things that set you up for success. And Kylie kind of brought up earlier, some people worry that getting into self-defense or something like that would make them paranoid to walk around every day. 
it would make it too real or something. But that doesn't make any sense. For, I don't know about you guys, but being prepared for something has always made me more confident in dealing with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, like preparing for a quiz or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Exactly. Like, the only reason you should really be worried for a test is if you haven't studied. been prepared for it. Yeah, <laughs> if you haven't studied for it. It goes the same for self-defense. Knowing self-defense, knowing that those things happen, does it shouldn't make you paranoid. It should make you confident and make you be able to carry yourself Thanks. with that confidence that there is something that you can do. And you don't just have to be a victim that tells the police what happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. Also... If we take into account how long we may be there with an attacker before police are an option, you know, we've, we've got close to 10 minutes there that we may be alone with that mm-hmm. attacker. And they can do a lot in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, so Nine to 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's yes. easy to remember. It is. <laughs> you know, I, I can't stand the attitude that some people have of, well, a woman would never be able to defend herself against a 300-pound man or, you know, this or that. I'm over here like, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could probably outrun a 300-pound man. <laughs> so, may not even get that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then you've got other people that are like, well, you wouldn't be able to unless you were, you spent your entire life dedicating your life to training. You know, like that one female UFC fighter that put her mugger in the hospital. Um, (laughs) That was poor victim planning uh, (laughs) on his part. Um, Because I don't really think it matters if she was paying attention or not. Like, he chose her. Yeah, that was never going to end well Um, for him. But, like, you don't have to be that female UFC fighter. All you have to have is the right, the right tactic. Um, we teach kids all the time methods that work for kids mm-hmm. defending against an adult. And it doesn't mean that you're going to beat them up or put them in the hospital every time. Mean, it means that you're going yeah. to, it, it means whatever you have to do to get away. Yeah. And you don't have to be an athlete <laughs> or <laughs> athletically inclined mm-hmm. to train self-defense uh and you can be the most independent woman out there i know several and and it's not a sign of weakness personally i think it's a sign of strength Mm -hmm. to to train and and learn what your weapons are because um it's the world we live in and we need to be prepared and the better prepared you are the better off you are Mm -hmm. So where can we learn about all these courses we're talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Impactdefense.online. You can uh, discover training opportunities and uh, just learn more about what you can do to defend yourself. We have several online courses. Uh, We have in-person courses. We have FastCon coming up, which Mm -hmm. Kylie talked about in the beginning on October 15th and 16th as a family getaway. Um, At Myrtle Beach. At Mm -hmm. Myrtle Beach. So. It's going to be a great destination, so we're going to be at Landmark Resort Myrtle Beach. So if you're interested in FastCon in particular, you can go to impactdefense.online slash fast. But let's be real here. Not everybody listening to this podcast will have gotten any self-defense training really mm-hmm. yet. So I guess it would be important to talk about not just awareness as the first step, but just kind of all of the things that would lead up to, all the things that you could do right now 
before you have the opportunity to get the further training, the mm -hmm. how to hit somebody, you know, things like that. <laughs> um, how to put a man on his butt, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, well, you, you start with the awareness. And then after the awareness, it's just using your voice, keeping someone at a distance, saying, when you see that man in the parking lot giving you too much attention, hey, can I help you with something? Meaning, I see you. What are you planning? <laughs> um, I see you. What are you planning? And I won't be quiet. <laughs> you know, uh, because criminals in the end, no matter who they're attacking, they don't want to get caught. Exactly. And who can be aware? Is there an age limit? There like is a beginning no age? age limit on right. You are I'm correct. so happy to say. <laughs> yes. Um, so one awareness. to 101, you can be aware. Mm -hmm. Don't let anybody tell you you can't be. I mean, once you hit 102, that limit is not They're probably the most aware. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's why they're still alive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, awareness, using your voice, then using your body language to create a physical barrier. Bringing your hands up, not like balled up in a fist, like, I will fight you. But keeping them open, you know, that spear stance, that, that stop where you are, you're not going to get any closer, you know. We actually had um, a student that their awareness was down while they were putting groceries in their car. And then this guy comes walking up and her training just kicks in. She goes, hey, can I help you with something? He looks both ways. And then ducks his head and walks the other direction. Mm -hmm. You know, little things like that. Like just bringing her hand up and saying, hey, can I help you with something? That hand up, that one hand that just kind of says stop. Any normal person is going to recognize that as a symbol of not getting any closer. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess even the most confident or arrogant criminal is going to think twice if you get both hands up and say stop. Mm -hmm. You know? Being forceful, being confident, and showing that you're not easy mm -hmm. is just a big thing. And then once it comes to um, if all else fails and you have set up a physical barrier and they are still invading your personal space, running away, getting mm -hmm. out of there immediately, starting to yell mm -hmm. and like bring attention to yourself. If you can't run away... Um, that's when your other training goes in. That's, that's where we're saying go find a seminar or a course or something that you can take that will give you the opportunities to learn what you specifically can do. Um, the strikes that inflict the most damage, you know, uh, the easiest things to learn, where to aim, things like that. Just the, those little things that give you a better chance. And even the people who are... Uh, have enough audacity to keep coming after you have used your hands and your voice and you have told them that you will do something if they come any closer, you put up a big enough fight and you, you know, you, you flip that switch and you let that bomb inside yourself go off, they, they usually don't keep coming after that. You know, once they see that you're willing to claw, scratch, beat their nose in, um, <laughs> they end up a whole lot less willing to continue. Mm -hmm. uh, just like that 11-year-old girl who uh, just made her attempted abductor fall down when he had a knife. Like he, She made him fall down by just dropping all of her weight. 
And she was able to get away because he realized she was too difficult of a target. She wasn't just going to um, come. She wasn't going to freeze. She did what she had to do, and he ran off because she was too difficult. So, everyone in this room, like we said, has had at least some form of training. Julie, mostly observance. Um, Gentry, in years of martial arts training, and um, now assisting in the seminars. Um, and having to defend herself personally, um, which if you listen to any of our other podcasts, you've probably heard her on here before talking about some of her experiences. Um, Because some of the things she's had to deal with, I just can't even imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Not even going to lie. So if you haven't heard that podcast, go on and find our other podcast with Gentry on there. Um, Kylie with being brought up into the self-defense family, you know? (laughs) and her knowing even as a kid herself and coming up that there are things she can do to be safe and to help make her family more safe. Um, Lily, with her years of martial arts training and just learning to be aware and to be confident and sh- be confident and show herself as not an easy target, and then myself and my journey from student to um, teacher in impact defense and just learning to be confident and keep people uh, from seeing me as an easy victim. All of these things just kind of add up. No matter what your level of experience, there are things that you're able to do to help yourself. And just because a lot of times you're going, I mean, let's be real. Anybody who's been targeted is most likely to be smaller or at some sort of disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And so really, women's self-defense is not that different. You know? I mean, look at the six, seven-year-old woman who beat a guy that was six foot something. She was only four ten. <laughs> <laughs> that lady uh, had years of jujitsu experience, and uh, a man, uh, uh, I think a man in his fifties attacked her friends. Her friend, and she was in her sixties, and she, uh, yeah, she held him in like an arm bar until her until the police got there. So. <laughs> You know, you're never too old, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. And do you ever stop training? Nope, nope, nope. You never stop putting it into practice. You're always aware. Everyone's going to have those moments where they lapse at awareness. But you can always learn something because things are always changing. Mm-hmm. Um, because now you have to be aware online. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you know, and, and there's whole podcasts coming or have been done related mm-hmm. to a lot of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And if you have any suggestions, leave them. We, we do read our comments. So. And moms, it's a good idea to train with your kids, too. So not just you, but get your, get your kids aware. because, um, and Which I don't really have to expand on that because Gentry also expanded on that in a previous podcast. So go back and once again find Gentry's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's as good a place as any to start really wrapping up. Um, Once again, if you're interested in any kind of self-defense tool or something like that, a force multiplier tool for you to carry, um, I think a lot of our favorite site is uh, Atomic Bear. Bear. (laughs) Yeah, so the Atomic Bear, you can get a 20% discount if you use the coupon code Impact Defense. Don't just let yourself be an easy target. Get yourself some training, walk with confidence, and don't be a victim. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay safe, stay alert, and we'll see you in the next podcast. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. 
If you would like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefense.online. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.